I'm Susan. Uh, my family and I have been around Haverhill Commons Church for five and a half years. We've been in our house for just over five years. This is the second longest time I've kept the same address in my entire life. My high mark is eight years. <laughs> um, I grew up moving around a lot. Uh, as a kid constantly in new and vastly different communities, I learned how to find my place, fill in the gaps. My mom modeled it. Everywhere we went, the first thing she did was find a church, and within a couple weeks, we'd be playing instruments and singing in the choir. I know, you're all really shocked. Um, I got really good at quickly assessing the dynamics of a place and filling them in. I did it at home, too. I filled in whatever gaps and needs my parents had so that our home would be both literally and physically stable. By the time I was 10, I could replace outlets, wire up new ones, hang drywall, frame walls, paint, whatever, all without my dad's supervision. When my mom was overwhelmed and homesick, I was the shoulder she leaned on. I was capable. I could fill in the needs. I knew I had a place. But there was always that question, do I have a place because I'm wanted or just useful enough to be tolerated? Maybe you felt the rumble of those questions yourself. Do you have a place because you're wanted? Or do you need to earn the space you take? I thrived at doing all the things in college, grad school, working in campus ministry. Like most overachievers, I was given too much to do because I was capable, competent, and generally successful without complaining and promptly burned out. I was good at seeing and filling the gaps and sacrificing my mental and physical health for what I considered to be more important needs or ministries in the name of serving God. Looking back, my burnout began when I had emergency back surgery after excruciating back pain and numbness and paralysis in my left leg. I was told to take it easy for two weeks post-surgery to recover. Uh, my family and friends forced me to do that, and as soon as the minimum amount of time was over, I got right back to my sedentary job at three campuses, running a conference and taking three groups to Urbana Mission Conference within a couple months. Um, even though I was encouraged, in some ways, to rest and heal, I also felt the re resounding and overwhelming pressures to meet the needs of my college students, my ministry partners, my supervisors, and chose to push through to the extreme detriment of my physical and mental health. A year later, I had to have the same surgery again, um, but this time I scheduled the space for six weeks of no to light work. It was the first time in my life I had ever taken the time to feel physically, uh, heal physically or otherwise. It was the first time I realized my life had run off the rails that were meant to keep me safe and healthy. There was a seed in that time that was planted that maybe I don't have to run all out to be acceptable. And that seed blossomed into this mantra that I left ministry with. What's good for God's kingdom is good for God's child. And what's good for God's child is good for God's kingdom. What harms one harms the other. For many of us, it can be easy to take on the hard stuff that grinds us down and spits us out. It can be easy to call it sacrifice. We can make our own sacrifices and never notice when it leaves us short on patience with those around us, when we miss the mark and strive harder, beating ourselves down for not being enough, not knowing enough, obeying enough, doing enough, all the while never letting down all the pieces we're holding together, hiding the simple truth of our own broken hearts. Now, this is not to say that we're not sometimes called to be stretched and uncomfortable and to join God in different ways. 
But those are sacrifices that we're invited to by God. And that's another conversation. <laughs> um, after leaving ministry, I had this amazing season of living what Jesus means when he says his yoke is easy and his burden light. I had no plan and no vision for that time. I listened and went wherever seemed good. I did things that gave me life. I spent time with people I wanted to learn from and share life with. I experienced and saw so much of what God could do through and with and around me without striving or sacrificing myself. During that time, I was mentored in a way that invited me to tread boldly into new ways of engaging God, praying, worshiping, dreaming. I spent time with folks I would never have had time or proximity to, serving in our drop-in center for homeless, running into folks on the bus and helping them grocery shop or just have lunch. After months of temp work, I ended up in cancer research, just as a friend was diagnosed with cancer and was getting treatment at my facility. So I could spend time with him on breaks and after work daily praying and just hanging out in his last months. I traveled for fun and to family weddings. I felt this strange invitation to fast for a full week and ended up through a twist of scheduling to have this really intense week of solitude and fasting while still working. Um, every once in a while, I still feel reverberations from that week. I hosted movie nights and game nights, uh, reconnecting with friends from all over, and eventually getting close to a certain someone. Um, it was a time of feeling solid and real. Nothing really changed, but I received and got to live the gift of time and space without urgency to evaluate everything and anything. Of course, life is a journey. <laughs> And while it would be amazing to say I never struggled again, um, that's not what happens. <laughs> Having kids wrecked all of my boundaries, all of my boundaries. I forgot entirely how to give myself permission to take time to listen and allow invitations to arise. It was all I could do to keep my head above water, which generally meant throwing my mind, emotions, body, whatever was at hand at the needy little creatures I was suddenly supposed to know how to take care of and turn into decent human beings. My life was quick, quickly jumping the rails again. This time, it wasn't a sudden emergency, but a slow, overwhelming build <laughs> that I couldn't hold on to. It took a lot for me to come back around to accepting that I have limits. The year that we moved to Haverhill was a nightmare. A few highlights were high lead level diagnosis requiring remediation in the house, getting a 200-year-old house ready for sale with three little people under the age of five, completely renovating our new house, uh, addiction and an overdose death in our family, commuting 30 minutes to kindergarten, spending school days in a tent in the garage with a one and three year old, living in a hotel for a week. I could go on. There's so much more. Um, I took, it took being so far beyond my depth that no amount of human capability or competence could meet the overwhelming needs we were experiencing in our own lives, let alone going on in the world around us. I couldn't pretend anymore. I couldn't fill in the gaps. I love this community. I'm grateful for its honesty and vulnerability. I've learned so much from watching and talking with many of you about how you practice health and wholeness in your lives, how you listen for what really matters, how you say no when you need to, how, how you say yes when you can. The invitation to say yes and no freely is a gift I have not experienced in many other places. In the last year or so, I've begun to come back to the place where I can offer the sacrifice of my truth, my broken pieces, limitations, constraints, needs, desires, hopes. I don't have to fill every need. I don't have to stand in every gap. 
I don't have to feel guilty for having limits or constraints. I matter in God's kingdom. I'm a part of God's kingdom. Sometimes offering my truth looks like stillness, healing, and waiting. We are a neuro-spicy family. Pretty much everyone in our house needs a little something extra to adapt to or make the world work for us. Sometimes that's really fun and entertaining, and sometimes it's just really, really hard. Um, sometimes the needs are overwhelming and dysregulating, not just for the individual, but for our whole ecosystem. It has taken, and if I'm honest, probably will always take, quite a lot for, of work for me to accept that this is a gift and a calling that matters. I often rail against, against this constraint of our needs and limits, but it's part of our reality. I struggle to let go of the guilt I pick up when that constraint makes me say no to things that I really want to say yes to. My life, my heart, my calling is first to where I am and with whom I am. So I'm learning to breathe through the overwhelm and the constraints to remember to check on myself too, to feel out what is necessary, what we can give, what we can give up. Sometimes offering my truth looks like action, listening and choosing how and where to join. This past summer and fall, I was able to take significant time to go weekly or more up to Maine um, to help my cousin with her mom as she completed her journey with Alzheimer's. And the times that I got to spend with my aunt worshiping and remembering for her were also precious. More recently, I had the opportunity to support Amira and other groups advocating for those who are coming out of human trafficking. I've also begun taking time to participate more in our public schools, substituting whenever I can. You matter in God's kingdom, who you are, exactly as you are, with every resource you possess, with every constraint you experience, with every aching need, with every dream and wish. God doesn't want what we declare a sacrifice or burnt offering. The sacrifice he wants is our broken spirits. He will not reject our broken and repentant hearts. We can stop throwing ourselves in the gaps. We can be honest with God, with ourselves. There's only one who can stand in the gaps and fill the needs. There's only one who knows just how valuable each of us is. This season we're entering is our reminder that each one of us matters and is valued beyond our comprehension, not for what we bring to the needs and gaps of life, but for who we are in all our brokenness and in all our need.